You have your seat belts on? You got your wigs on tight? Toupees strapped down. Haggai 1, 5 through 7. I'm going to bounce around different translations. The reason why I do that is because um, some trans... Let me, let me explain why I do that since, so that this can be on tape. The reason why I use different translations, you've heard me say before, the Bible is written in Hebrew and Greek. It's a very expressive language. For example, I say that I love my wife. I love my dogs. I love donuts. I love pizza. I love riding my bike. I love going to the movies. You know, you know we use that. We, so we use the same word for different scenarios. Well, that's not the case when it comes to the original language. And the original language, it'll use four different type of words for love, depending on the scenario. So, for a, uh, so when you're talking about the God type of love, the one that loves you in spite of, that's called agape. I think uh, the friendly type of love is called story. I could be incorrect as I haven't looked at it in a while. You know, um, the, the, the word we use in English called erotic. That comes from the Greek word eros, E-R-O-S, which is the sexual type of love, sexual intimacy, that type of love. So the reason I said all of that is that the different translations sometimes will pick a particular word from that expressive language. They only use one word. So sometimes I'll use one translation because out of those string of words, they use one that is better than the other. Y'all follow me. So that's the reason why I bounce around. Um, Typically, I use the New Living Translation. And I use the King James and the Amplified as my backup. <laughs> okay, so Haggai 1, 5 through 7 from the Amplified Classic, because now they've we've got a classic and a modern version of the Amplified right now. So, so now, therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways and set your mind on what has come to you. You have sown much, but you have reaped little. You eat, but you do not have enough. You drink, but do not have your fill. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages has earned them to put them in a bag with holes in it. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways, not mine. Consider your ways, your previous and present conduct and how you have fared because of it. So there is not one single thing more that God is ever going to do for you. It's already done. And as you tap into certain things, then it manifests. Okay. so I'm going to make some statements here. I wrote some things down so I can stay on point. Okay. So for years, listen to this statement. For years, some have been tithing, wondering when God was going to bless them but didn't realize that they were breaking all the other laws of prosperity while they were keeping one. Okay. So unfortunately, and I'm going to be much, much nicer to preachers now. I'm going to be much, much nicer. I'm serious. So unfortunately, men who had the right, I shouldn't say right and wrong motives, a lot of pastors operate in fear. Most of you don't know. That, that somewhere 85 or 90 percent of pastors live at or beneath the poverty level. They don't get this type of teaching. So they have good hearts. They have good intentions, but they operate and they pastor in fear. And so as a result of that, what they did was is that everything they taught on finance was, was always about tithes and offerings. And God is going to kill you if you don't do it. And so and so as a result of that, people who either wanted to obey God or people who were scared of God, they did that. And what they did was they tithe. And had no idea that there are many different laws of prosperity. Tithing is one. 
But if you do that one and break all the rest, your prosperity won't show up. This then produced pr- frustration because all the pastor said you had to do was tithe and God will open the windows of heaven and bring a donkey to your front door with a bag of money on his back. Y'all understand what I'm saying? So you keep looking. Where's my blessing? Where's my blessing? Where's my blessing? And then we sing songs about it. We preach about it. We talk about God is getting ready. I told my wife, I said, I'm always, I'm always messing with my wife at home, by the way. I was just walking in the room. God sent me here to tell you today. She just bust out laughing like she is now. And I'm getting on her last nerves. I, I, I should just sit up there like, you know, God sent you here to tell me like you came from heaven or something, you know. You're here every week. Okay. And so, so, but that's where that stuff comes from. It becomes this like pep rally where you come to Sunday morning service to try to get encouraged to hold on for another week. When actually is that we were all breaking the laws of prosperity. Okay. And so, uh, so poverty um, the, uh, so that's the title of today's teaching is the poverty mindset or the poverty mentality. I'm going to have a graphic for you. Poverty is not an absence of money or things. It is a mindset. Prosperity is not an abundance of money and things. It is a mindset. This is the reason why you have people who win the lottery, lose it all. Then you have a bus driver that I know of who he was a bus driver for his entire life, but was a multimillionaire. Because while he was driving the bus, all he did was study the stock market all day and invested based on what he learned and became a multimillionaire driving a bus. How much money you make <laughs> and your lot in life, your education or lack thereof does not determine your, price, your uh, prosperity. Your mindset determines your prosperity. Okay. So in order to study and practice the laws that govern prosperity, you will have to get out of your comfort zone, face fears and really examine your belief system. It will be hard work, but the results are well worth the temporary discomfort. Y'all ready? Mm-hmm. That's what they all say before they get on the roller coaster. And this is going up. You've been here before. You are on that roller coaster you're like, why in the world did I let my cousin convince me to do something crazy like this? You know. All right. So I have two graphics. We're going to put up the first one. I'll let you take some pictures. We'll walk through each one of these quickly because I want you to understand because I want you to be able to locate yourself. Some people who have a poverty mentality don't think they have one because they have money. So a lot of rich folk that have a poverty mentality. You just poor with a bunch of money. Number one, you have a constant fixation on what you do not have. That's one way that you can tell. All you focus on is what you don't have, what you don't have, what you don't have. We don't have enough to pay these bills. We don't have enough. It's a poverty mentality. Okay, here's the dangerous part about that is whatever you keep focusing on, it will expand. Whatever you keep focusing on, you will attract. It's one of the reasons why Donald Trump is going to have a second term. Because the whole planet is focused on trying to get him out. Even sports is not sports anymore. Sports, media, plays, movies, Everybody is focused on getting this man out. They are afraid for that man to be in the White House, and they don't even know that's the power that keeps him in. So you're going right back in because everybody is so overly consumed with getting them out. You're putting them right back in because they don't understand laws. <laughs> I'm telling you, watch. Short of something cataclysmic happening or something crazy, bam. And, and this is the sad part. Let me just add. I'm trying to help you understand. Y'all, prosperity thinkers think different. Okay. Since he has been in office, it's like the whole, you know what I mean by whole, this is exaggerating stated. The whole United States is trying to turn against this man, try to bring him down. And the more they do it, the higher he keeps going. 
because most of the people are making decisions based on the man, based on what media is telling you. Uh, his stats are killing the last four presidents put together when it comes to what has happened prosperity wise uh, and many other from crime to prosperity, everything is it's scary. And, and at this point, the results are so impeccable. We ain't talking about little stupid stuff that he says and all that type of stuff. You say stupid stuff all the time. Okay? But, but the, the, the decisions that this man is making overall is insane. And uh, so I'm a, I'm a, one of these days here soon, I'm going to list to you some more things that have happened. You're not going to believe this. You're going to be like, are you serious? Mm-hmm, man, they're not going to tell you that. But anyway, that's why these are going to go back in, because everybody's so overly focused now on, oh, we got to destroy this man. Oh, every narrative is, he is just an evil dictator. He is a Ku Klux Klan leader. He is this, he is that. We got to get that man out of office. They never talk about what he does, but we got to get that man out of office. They talk about what he says, but we got to get that man out of office. They never talk about the results, but we got to get that man out of office. And I know people don't like that. I really don't care. I got to live in eternity. And I'm not trying to be on the shame show over stupid stuff. I'm a Christian crat. I ain't no Democrat, Republican crat. All of the crazy cracks. Okay. Number two, you hate and talk about rich people. You assign negative motives to people who are prosperous, famous, or powerful. It's because you have a poverty mentality. And then, and then when you do this, let me tell you, this, when you hate rich people, when you don't like people that got money, when you and then when you assign negative things, you see these things. I see this one that floats around every once in a while. It says that such a, such amount of billion dollars has come into the church and yet the neighborhoods haven't changed. What that got to do with anything? OK, because I got a million dollars and the people down the street are broke and got nothing to do with me. This has to do with decision mentality, all of that. It's a lot of preachers that are broke, and it's a few that are rich. It's a lot of people outside that they are broke because of their own crazy decisions. Okay, But when you do that, what you're saying is, I can't stand people that got money. But what you're really saying is, I hate money, and that's why it stays away from you. That's why the Lord told me. When I started the church, the Lord said, pay attention to all of those who attack people, who attack preachers that think have money. He said they will never have any. You make decisions based on fear of loss. You always got an excuse why you can't try something. You keep blaming others for your lack. That's the victim mentality. Well, you know, it's the white man. It's affirmative action. It's the Chinese people. It's this. You know, it's that. You know, watch this. You know, I can tell you have a poverty mentality. Every time you get on a job, you accuse everybody of being against you. As a reason why you lost your job. No, you lost your job because of your mentality. I can work with anybody. You are jealous of people who have more than you have. You complain all the time, particularly about what you don't have. You find a problem with every opportunity and are terrified of taking risk. And number eight is my favorite. You only interested if it's free. (laughs) Now, the people who work closely around me, they will tell you they learn very, very quick. I'm usually not interested if it's free. I'm usually not interested, okay? Some of the people that work with me around the church and stuff in the business sector and different technology and services and stuff like that, um, I don't think right now we have a, the church uses a lot of services for the, some of the things that we do, and I don't think we have one service that's free, not one. And, there, and, and watch this. 
everything that Lionheart's church does, you can get it free. I don't use any of them because free usually has a catch. Free is usually a low standard. That's why it's free. You can't have a high standard using free stuff. You get out here with millionaires, they don't use nothing free. They pay for every single service that they use. Free or break down on you. When you pay, they got to keep it working in order to keep your money. So quit looking for free stuff all of the time. Okay? And then what gets you in trouble is you go to places because it's free. It's, watch this. The tickets are free, but you got to spend your gas money to go downtown. Then you got to pay for parking. How many know? It don't matter if the tickets are free to the movies. Once you see all of them people coming up in there with that popcorn, psh, man, I'm going up here and get some of this popcorn. You go, you go to the basketball game. The basketball tickets are free. But guess what? Man, you see all of them French fries rolling around and, and that Coke. And, man, you know what it is? It's psychological. I just, whoo, I got to go get something to eat. So you end up spending $60 that you did not intend to spend because somebody gave you something free. Don't go based on if it costs or if it's free. Go because you're supposed to go. Y'all got me. This is good already. Let's put up the second graph. That wasn't all of them. That was part, that was part one. Second one, you buy things to impress people. I mean, there's nothing wrong with you wanting to buy something so you can look nice. But I was amazed when I learned, you know, how many know, if you go to Macy's or whatever, a, a polo, a cotton polo shirt might cost up to $70, $80. That same shirt at Walmart might cost 5 And because we are so stuck on name brands that you know what a name brand is, somebody created a symbol and put a stamp on it. And you think everybody looks at you differently now because you got an alligator on your chest, you know, or a Nike symbol and all that type of stuff. You know, y'all, that's a poverty mindset. You ever notice rich people don't wear a lot of brand name stuff? You ever notice the Hollywood actors when they out and about, they got a rusty jeans and they look like they're homeless. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with dressing nice. Don't get me wrong. Okay, I'm trying. I need to change my whole wardrobe. I got to come up another level, y'all. It's, it's some man. It's some stuff. The Lord. I thought I had a prosperity mindset when it came to this church. The Lord said you weren't even close. He said you weren't even close because all you were thinking about was having a large membership that could affect the whole planet. He said that's like just a small part. And you know, I mean, He's called us to li- to literally. You know, we talk about we're gonna take over the seven mountains of culture. And then forget that that's really supposed to happen. You know what I'm saying? Oh, Jesus, y'all ain't seen nothing. I got to rescribe. It's going to take me to the end of the year when it's done. (laughs) Yes, hallelujah. I feel God in this place right now. Second one, no plan to get off government assistance. Government assistance is a trap. It requires that you remain at a low income level in order to continue to receive it, which means you can never think rich or never be rich. Now, if a person gets on government assistance, we're not saying that you have a poverty mentality. We're saying that when you get on it, you should be trying to work a plan to get off. Many people have needed that from time to time. That's a blessing. God talks about doing that. The church is supposed to do that. So the government set that up based on scripture because all of how many, you know, most of us are not all of us have needed help financially in some different area every once in a while. 
So they're going to give you uh, $500 a month to pay for your groceries to work on some stuff, man, you better give me that money. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's pride. I mean, you, you're going to need help, you know. So, but it requires that you remain at a low income. And so that's why, you know, I'm not, this is not a plug, a political plug at Democrats or Republicans, but, but uh, is it Bernie Sanders or somebody else proposed this idea to give everybody in America $1,000 just because. $1,000 a month. That's how far they're willing to go to try to get this man out of office is to order, offer you anything that's just dumb. Let me, y'all, haven't y'all seen these videos of people that their EBT card didn't work and, and they tear up the whole gas station? Y'all seen some of this? Oh, it's insane. I watched one the other day. I watched that thing three times. I mean, the lady was just like, oh, I can't eat, can't eat. And she just get her, I, I can't eat, can't eat. She's just ringing all of the stuff down. I can't eat, can't nobody eat. She just throwing, just how she was talking. And I was appalled that nobody popped this lady upside the head. Can anybody grab this woman and throw her right out in the street? Deal with the lawsuit later. You come up here and tear up my place, uh, it's a bat going upside your head. I need to get a couple of tasers, by the way. Okay? And so, so if people are acting like that over food, what happens when you just start giving people money that they did not earn and then it stops? It's another way you can tell you have a power mentality. You don't save money. Number four, you don't have a bank account. You'd be surprised during this series how many people from around the United States called me and opened up a bank account. Did not have one. And I'm not talking about 18-year-olds. I'm talking about 40 and 50-year-olds. Don't invest in the future. Number six, you won't invest in yourself. You'll spend $2,000 on a cruise, but won't spend $100 on a class. You make a lot of money, but you won't invest in top-of-the-line equipment in your field of work. The problem with being, look, you're supposed to start with, me. it's okay to start with mediocre equipment, because then you learn skill. But when you start making money and then you then won't invest in better equipment, that proves you have a poverty mentality. Okay. Now, this one I found very interesting. Oh, it's already up there. I got to give you all the rest of it, though. I found that very, very interesting. This is an actual statistic of a study they did that you can tell uh, that your view, you view sex as a leisure activity. Now, I just put the statement to save room, but here's the full statement. The number one reason why low-income families are so large is because they cannot afford any other leisure activity. So they use sex as a substitute for traveling, vacation, going to the movies, going to plays, etc. That's deep, ain't it? That makes perfect sense. That's crazy, isn't it? Hey. So this is this low-income families and people that we call ghetto different. Things. It's not because of the race or because it's a, Tim and Tim, they got black ghettos, they got white ghettos, they got Chinese ghettos. The ghettos in other countries make the ghettos in the United States look like suburbia. I have seen some ghettos. You go to Manila, Philippines, that's a real ghetto. Okay. So, I mean, I went to South Korea and they got, I mean, there's, there's a ghettos in Russia, get, Every single place. Well, I don't know about every country. I'm sure they got some. But, but, uh, but that's it. <laughs> I'm going to just keep on going. This is some serious stuff, y'all. 
I was, uh, I was, and to show you how you can build yourself from any, up from anything, the mayor of the city of Riverdale, where our Sunday church is, I was putting my vision board together for my other one, for the church. So with that, I was putting on there, you know, my, excuse me, you know, the Bible says pray for those that are in authority. So I put in there and pray for Donald Trump and his staff, uh, Nathan Deal, which is the governor. Um, and then uh, we have a new mayor now, which is a female woman, uh, female woman, which is a, uh, a woman, solid girl too, solid. Um, and so, uh, um, so I put her name on there. I think her name is Keisha Lance Bottoms. Um, yeah, thanks. So no, I got some. I'm good. Um, Keisha Lance Bottoms. Um, then I put on there. Uh, so I had the president of the nation I live in the governor of the state I live in, and the mayor of the city, major city that I live in, and then also put the name of the mayors of the city where our two churches are in, Riverdale and, so long story short, <laughs> I'm sorry. And so, so when I looked up who the mayor of Riverdale was, it was her testimony is powerful. It's on YouTube about how uh, she was a single mom with either six or seven kids. And just dealing with the pressures of life. And she talked about how with her having those six kids and, and, and she'd go out places and just the names that she was called, you know, from strangers just walking. Look at this old raggedy girl eating up all our tax money. And, you know, you don't know why a person is in a situation, you know. And it's easy for you to look down on somebody else because if the roles were reversed and you grew up like they did, you didn't have a choice who you were born to. You know what I'm saying? Man, you hear people talk about, I've never done this and I've never done that. Yeah, maybe because you had great parents. This person's, their mama was on crack for their whole life. You know what I'm saying? You know? But anyway, she, and so it got to the place where she was on a bridge getting ready to jump off the freeway and commit suicide and leave her kids behind. And I can't remember the whole story about what happened. And I was listening to it and watching it. And, um, and she decided that if anything was going to change, she was going to have to change and not make six kids as an excuse. And so what she did was she went to school, I think she got her GED, and then she went and got a degree in nursing, and then it turned into a master's degree in something else, and then she ran for the city of Riverdale with no experience and ran for mayor on a budget of $2,500 and won. See, again, you would have thought, oh, well, the last mayor that ran, <laughs> he had a $250,000 budget, and I don't have that. There you go with your poverty mentality again. Okay, uh, You know what? I heard, uh, see, I don't, I don't investigate everything. Even some people think I do. So I just found out actually what TED Talks is. I was so embarrassed. Uh, I thought TED Talks was a man named Ted who had a talk show. I, there, I mean, let me tell you, there are some things I'm ingrained in, but there's a lot of stuff, if I think it's foolishness, I don't even investigate it. So the TED Talks, it sounded like some type of you know, some gossip, you know, the Wendy Williams show, you know, so I didn't even investigate. I know they're like, this man is crazy. No, that's how focused I am on serious stuff. So if it sounds like it's ghetto, if it sounds like it's about something that I don't have time for, I don't even investigate. I don't look it up. I don't Google it. I don't ask. But I kept having everybody say, Ted talks. And I, all of this time, I know this is sounding crazy. I was like, who is this guy, Ted? This Ted talks. And, and, then my, and I asked my wife last night, I said, Lorana, I said, I just watched a video, and it was a woman that spoke for 20 minutes, and I said, it was Ted, and it had an X next to it. I said, where is Ted at? I mean, it just, she's like, fool, it's not Ted. She said, it's Ted Talks. That's the name, the brand of these type of, 
uh, if you call them symposiums that they do. I said, oh, that's the name of a particular platform. Thank you. There it is. And so and so uh, and so they're just I'm just I just throw this out there. Do I want to throw this out there? Yeah, I'm just throw this out there. And so this lady, so I watched it because she was talking about sex. And it was a very, very good 20-minute rendition of what she was talking about. And she was just talking about all of the different things. It was some very good information. I thought I knew some stuff. She said, because a lot of times, because we don't act on something, we, 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 we wait to feel. She said something that was so powerful. She said, because uh, she was talking about a couple that had been married for seven years and hadn't had sex in seven years. And she said, the problem was, she says, they were waiting to feel something. And now, if you're single, just plug your ears and you'd be all right. You know, no, you ain't got to plug your ears. I was just a joke. <laughs> she did like this. That's just a joke. I'm just messing with you. But she said something that I was so good. She said, she said, and, and I, now, she, she kept it between married couples, but she threw a couple. I don't know. It's like she was giving a couple of bones to the people who were heathens or whatever. I don't know. But she said, what produces desire for sex? She, she says, you have to act on it first, and then the desire comes. She says, because the longer you don't, she says, the more you don't want to. She says, you have to do it, and then the desire comes. And I, I told my wife, I said, that is true. I'm like, how you know? I said, that is very, very much true, 100%. Okay? So number eight is you don't tithe. Or you don't begin to put, look, there are some people that have put themselves in such a position, they're too afraid to tie. They're like, dude, my check is, is $100 every week and my bills are 500 <laughs> okay? So like, they can't even handle it. They're just, they're just too closed in fear. Well, guess what you need to do? You need to work a plan to put what is first first. Work a plan to put yourself in a position. I know people that have downsized their houses so that they could obey God. Now, I'm going to make a very, very powerful statement. Some people say, well, no, I just, you know, I, uh, uh, that, that can't be true that tithing, a person who doesn't tithe has a poverty mentality, 100% true. 100, 150% true. Let me tell you something. You do realize that, that all of these companies out here, they have to give way more than 10% of their money away. Way more. There is not a millionaire that is not, if they is, it's illegal, they're doing something. There is not a millionaire or much like multimillionaires don't keep all of their money. They understand in order to keep it, you got to give a majority of it away. Some give up to 30, 35% of it away on top of taxes. It's a millionaire mindset, okay? And let's read the scripture, I think. No, we ain't going to read that yet, okay? So I'm going to come back to that in a moment. Now let me, do I want to add that now? Hold on a second, y'all. I'm going to take time here because this is more of a classroom today. I am uh, Man, I got so many notes here. I'm confused myself, Jesus. Oh, we're going to get to that in a moment. Okay, we'll leave that alone. All right, so y'all got that. Y'all took pictures of that. You need to locate yourself. And almost everybody in here has a poverty mentality. I'm not going to say everybody because I don't know everybody's situation, but a lot of us do. A lot of us do. I typically don't, but during this series, I realized that I did have a poverty mentality 
in a couple of different areas. Remember I told you having a conversation with the kids all day long, telling them about, you know, how much money you got to spend on the school and, and all that type of stuff, and, and wonderful. Okay? But, you know, and so you, you never mind. So, uh, so y'all got that. We're going to fish around here for a moment so we can get some understanding. So let's talk about savings again. Matthew 25, 29. King James. We're going to read it twice, I think. For unto everyone that has shall be given, he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he has. Uh, the same verse from the New Living Translation said, to those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. They will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. And that's a very scary scripture because it says to him who has, more shall be given. To him do, who, who does not have, even what you do have remaining is going to start escaping you and trying to get away from you. And it, it really is talking about mentality because we read these two passages Wednesday night. The, the, this passage came from a king gave uh, some money to his servants said, do business until I come back. And two guys did well. The third guy, he didn't do anything. And what, was, what he had was given to the one who had produced the most. So I just wanted to give you a couple more ideas when it comes to saving. So many people talk about, I can't afford to save. Yes, you can. Okay. Uh, you need to save an emergency fund and don't use it even if a problem arises. Okay. Now, look, if you want to practice faith, save your emergency fund up to $1,000. If something happens, don't just go into the bank account and use it. Wait and say, Lord, I'm going to exercise faith for this. And see, see, you keep thinking faith. Work. The Lord says something very dangerous to me. There's something that you must understand because I am, I'm going to make a couple of statements today and it's going to give you fully ants, full answers, but it's going to really just kind of rebuke the entire body of Christ. The Lord says something to me and I want to say this now in case I forget it. He said, the things that you are teaching will work for the sinner and the saint. It'll work for the believer as well as those who do not believe. He's Watch this. He said it will work for those who tithe and it'll work for those who don't. And I'll explain why in just a second. Y'all ain't know, y'all, the reverends don't, y'all know y'all like, oh, this reverend right here is way out there on a limb. No, I'm not. It's a gold limb. Okay. When you get to your goal of $1,000, repeat it again. Don't go out there and celebrate and spend half of it. Oh, we got to $1,000. Let's go out to eat. No. Once you get to $1,000, then repeat the process again. Okay. You know what you might want to consider doing is get your own emergency fund for $1,000 and then work on a second one so that when people ask you, you can easily give them out of that emergency fund. That's what, million, that's what millionaire thinking is. And see, when you start working like that, God has to increase you. To him who has $10, more shall be given. It's a supernatural principle. A great way to start is to put your account on autopilot. If you have a bank account, you should be able to go online. If you have an online account, if you don't set it up and you can go in there and say, when it comes to my personal checking account, I want you to autopilot five, ten dollars a day into my savings account. For most of you, if you try to wait until it gets to a certain amount, you're not going to do it. Because you're going to see the amount. Oh, I want to set aside $50. I'll use that as an example. When you see the amount, you're thinking about something you got to pay. If you do it in small increments, what you will begin to notice is something supernatural would happen. Is that because it's going in small increments, the money will start to stack up 
but mysteriously you won't miss it. And, and it'll be so weird, you'll start feeling like, is the Lord adding back to my account what I'm giving out? It'll be mysterious. Every person that does it that I know, they said that they start doing that, whether it be small amounts or big amounts, and because they force themselves to do it, then for some reason the remaining starts acting right. Because why? To him who has, more shall be given. Okay? People who are thinking about the future, wealth, See, y'all, when you start saving money, you're thinking about the future. You're thinking about having money. You think, that's why you shouldn't be sitting around thinking about what you don't have. You should be meditating all day long on how to increase my money, how to increase my money. Not how am I going to get this bill paid? How am I going to get this bill paid? You should be thinking all day long, how do I increase my money? You know, let's start setting aside savings. You know, is there anything that we can cut that will produce more money? Is there something I can do, like drive for Uber? Is there something I can, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's something, and when you start thinking that way, you start moving in that direction to him who has, more shall be given. Okay, let's talk about giving for a moment. I told my wife, I said, no matter what we teach, some people are just not going to do it. We are so programmed to think about right now. And when you only think about right now, your, your, your mind shuts off about what might happen in 10 years. And you got to be thinking seven years. Some of y'all saw that uh, statement that I put up a couple of days ago. And that millionaires think about what's going to happen in seven years. And poor people think about what's going to happen on Saturday night. <laughs> Which club they going to. How many of y'all were out there in the club and you spent your whole paycheck on Friday at the club? Go ahead and raise your hand. It's all right. You ain't got to be ashamed. See, Erica telling the truth. She's like, Psh, I know I spent my check. Out. And then, wait a minute, you go through yours and you ask your friend for a paycheck, too. All on drinks. That's why I know I know I hate to tell you about my little club days and stuff like that. But when I was at the club and I asked a girl to dance, she's tell me, uh, "Did you buy me a drink?" I was like, "Nope, I asked you to dance. I didn't ask you if I wanted you want me to buy you a drink." I wouldn't it look <laughs> because I knew that gang that ladies were up in the club. I shouldn't be talking about club principles, but we're gonna talk about it. I knew that women were in the club, and their sole purpose was to use other men's money. To get them a drink. You're not using my money to get yourself drunk. And I don't even believe in drinking. I'm a holy man in the club. <laughs> that was crazy. <laughs> How many know when you're in sin, you just think so off? And you justify. You think you own the m- No, you're not on the money, dude. You're deceived by the devil. Hey? Giving. Let's talk about giving for a moment. And let's just talk about, I'm going to show you tithing from a different point of view and why the Lord made that statement. Rich folk give much more than 10% away to charity or to the community or to churches. People who don't do this put themselves in the category of the poor. You put yourself in the category. But I got money. Yeah, but you don't know the future. Hey, I, somehow I told you on Wednesday night that this clause between Warren Buffett and Bill Gates. If, Bill, if Warren Buffett dies first, a large percent of his, of his money goes to Bill Gates because he knows Bill Gates is going to use it correctly. If Bill Gates dies first, a large percent of his, of his money goes to Warren Buffett because he knows he's going, to use, he's going to use it correctly. Wealthy people think completely different than poor people and middle class people. Okay, and this, never mind, let me just keep on going. Revelations 3, 15 through 18. I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot or cold. I wish that you were one or the other. But since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. You say I am rich and I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. And you don't realize that you're actually wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. 
I don't even know. God usually doesn't hold back when it comes to stuff. He said, so I, and really what he's saying is, is that what he's saying is we can see the truth because you're looking at how much money you have in the bank right now. But when we see you, we see you from birth to end. So you think you're rich right now, but your mentality is producing a poverty mindset and it's producing a poverty end. That's why there's so many people who live in sin that by the time they get to the end of their life, they lose everything. So I advise you to buy gold from me, gold that has been purified by fire. I mean, no, the gold standard is doing everything at the level that God demands. Then you will be rich. Also buy white garments from me so you will not be shamed by your nakedness and ointment for your eyes so that you will be able to see. Can you imagine being in planet Earth and you're looking under your wonderful house and your car and your prosperity? And, and, and you know, I can see just as clear. And, and, but when they see you, your eyes are closed. They said, no, you're actually blind. You can, can you imagine having one on a $5,000 suit? And they say, no, you're actually naked. Can you imagine being that billionaire status? And, G, and, and Jesus says, dude, you broke. How <laughs> I many you know if Jesus says you broke, you broke? So if you got a Lamborghini and a Ferrari and a Rolls Royce and Jesus says you broke, you might want to try to figure out some things. Those who don't tithe or don't put themselves in a position to tithe may prosper at first. But when problems come to steal what they have created, I cannot protect them because they have broken the foundational term of the covenant. In other words, there will be plenty of people who don't tithe and they can prosper like crazy. You can get the billionaire status without giving a dime to the church. You can get out of debt without giving a dime to the church. This sounds crazy, but this is the truth. That's why the guys that preach the opposite are broke, and I'm not. You cannot give God one single red cent and get to millionaire status. The difference is in the future, when something comes against what you have built, God has to pull back and let it fall down to the ground. So let's read Malachi 3.8, the condemnation of scripture to make people give. <laughs> Should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? He said, you cheated me out of the tithes and offerings do me. You didn't just say tithes. He said tithes and offerings. You are under a curse for your whole nation has been cheating me. He said, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there'll be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have room enough to take it in. Now, everybody focused on that, but they didn't focus on the next part, which was even more important. Try it. Put me to the test. He said, your crops will be abundant for I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord. Then all nations will call you blessed. For your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Notice that God said that if you honor him with the tithe, the biggest promise is I will protect you from that which is to come. And that was an agricultural society. And so ag- agricultural society, agriculture is your money. It was, I mean, I mean, and when you read in the Bible about them having all of these camels and all of these sheep and all of these goats, whenever you see men in the Bible who had bulls or oxen, that was telling you that they were very rich. Okay. Yeah, that, that, that's like having a Rolls Royce, literally, back then. So everything was agriculture. You had to sell your fruit. You had to sell your wheat. You had to sell your grain. Well, you're out there plowing the land and doing all of this sowing and everything. God says, give me 10% of what you are doing. And then I will make sure that the insects don't come and eat up what you planted. 
Then he said, I will make sure that what you plant, it doesn't begin to turn into disease based on the environment. And he said, I will make sure that what you plant, okay, storms don't take it out, et cetera, et cetera. So for you all to read the Bible, this is the reason why, how many know that the children of Israel never walked in full prosperity? Why? Because they complained, they murmured, they didn't exercise faith. A couple of times they got fully over in the sin. I mean, the Bible says that how many got killed because they were fornicating? It's something like 3,000 minimum died just over fornication alone. Okay? And so they were doing all of these things, but, but, but the Lord told me this Thursday night when we were praying. I, but, but if you notice, they were crazy and they were acting crazy, didn't have no faith, and, and they were in fear. But the Bible says that God protected them from their enemies. It says that all of the people died with no sickness and disease. And it says, even though they were wearing the same clothes, that their clothes did not wear out and neither did their sandals. And the Lord spoke to me on Thursday night. He said, yeah, because as crazy as they were acting, he said they tied. So I protected them from all of those things that would destroy them. That's why it doesn't make sense for people to be out the will of God for 40 years and God would not let enemies come against them. He wouldn't let their clothes wear out. Y'all understand what I'm saying? See, and so that's why you can prosper without being on God's system, but, in, but because you did it wrong, now you have a, the enemy has a legal right to take it out in the future. What do you think he says? The wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. They did it wrong. So when something comes against you, I got to convert it to them. You understand what I'm saying? It's amazing to see what the Lord will do when you get hooked in on this. And one of the major ways he will do is he'll give you dreams and visions to prepare. You'll be hooked up with somebody and got to give you a dream and show them that they Dracula. About to suck all your money out of your bank account. And you say, shift over to this individual. And then you'll boom, prosper. The Lord just gave me a dream last night to prepare for something that another pastor is going to ask me to do. And, and, and the dream was a rebuke. He said, if you don't prepare now, when he calls you, you won't be prepared. Help me. I need that type of help. Okay, let's talk about business for a second. So this whole thing of notion that God is going to kill you because you don't tithe, this is entirely untrue. God is not, a, y'all, if God is going to kill you, he, don't you think he should kill you over something else? You know, you know, something crazy like adultery or homosexuality or, you know, you robbed a bank and, and he going to kill you because you don't get 10% and he don't need the money in the first place? But it is honor and it's a protection mechanism. And because you can't trace things, there will be certain things that will happen. Let me say, I, I, I'm not going to teach this today, but Bishop Oyedipo, he taught one of the best messages that I ever heard. He walked th- through the scripture and showed you how tithing affects your health. Tithing affects your marriage. It affects your money. It affects your protection. It affects your children. It was right in there. And I couldn't believe I had missed that. Well, it's easy because I didn't study it. Business, y'all ready? Proverbs 12, 24, work hard and become a leader, be lazy and become a slave. Now, let me say this. Everybody in here has a business, at least one. It's called your house or apartment. And you're supposed to run your house or apartment like a business. Let me pull back here so y'all can take a picture of these scriptures. You know, I'm going to have to put some monitors across the stage and flip up every time I do a scripture. You know? 
Bishop Oyedipo and his new 100,000 seat sanctuary, he got a whole big podium that just turns like this while he preaching. <laughs> you know, mine got the levitate up and down. I get to, church is getting ready to do some stuff that's about to make everybody upset. Proverbs 10.4, lazy people are soon poor. Hard workers get rich. Proverbs 13.4, lazy people want a lot but get little, but those who work hard will prosper. Proverbs 21.5, amplified, the thoughts of the steadily diligent are only towards plenty, but everyone who is impatient and hasty hastens only to lack. That's what want means. Notice what he said. He said the thoughts of the diligent are only applied to having more. Not worrying about what they don't have. How can I have more? And he said, but those that are too quick to get it, he said, they're going to end up in poverty. Proverbs twenty-two twenty-nine. Do you see a man skilled in his work? That's a big problem right now. Do you see a man skilled in his work? He will stand before kings and he will not stand before what we would call ghetto men. Okay. So... <clears throat> All of you have a business. That's your household. And some of you believe you're called to business. Some of you have a business already. Let me give you a couple of ideas here because um, people are not going to just buy your product because you came out with it. Okay, You are competing with the entire planet now. You understand what I'm saying? You're competing with the entire planet. Okay, You must promote. Oh, let me give you a couple of ideas here. You got to push your product in the world like there is no social media. And you got to promote on social media as though there is no world. Y'all got me. What people do is they come up with a product and they open up a Facebook account and take a picture of it. Why ain't I a millionaire? Because don't nobody know you on your Facebook. And the ones that do, you don't already tax them out. They're just friends. See, go, you should be sitting around. How can I take over social media with this product? As one thread of advertising. How can I get my product into stores? How can I get my pro- how can I get my product over here? How can I get it over there? How are all of the different ways? Don't know. I'm gonna start to say this the wrong way. Don't nobody know you. Now it's different if you a movie star. How many know if Beyonce come out with some new shampoo? Oh, ugh, it's over. They're gonna buy whether this stuff works or not. Okay. And then find people who can judge your business. You understand what I'm saying? Okay. So if you're a barber, okay, ask them for the honest opinion. Because you know what I've learned? Is people will lie. Okay. Worst haircut I ever had was when I lived in Detroit and visited Atlanta. And, and my brother-in-law sent me. No, my mom. Not that with my brother-in-law. It was, somebody sent me to a barbershop. I went to that thing, and this dude put a bowl on my head. And it was with, how many you know, ever been in a scenario, and you haven't seen the end product, but how they started it, you know this is getting ready to be the most embarrassing thing you have ever seen. I am not exaggerating with y'all. He was doing all type of weird stuff. He was using contraptions on my head that I had never seen before. And when that dude put a bowl on top of my head... <laughs> that had holes around the side and, and the thing was switching the thing around. I said, oh, yeah, I don't even need to look at the mirror at this. He said, I said, I don't even need to see it. I'm, I'm good. And I gave him $20 and went home and then cut my own hair. I, as soon as I was in the mirror, I said, mm, look at that foolishness right there. Okay. 
So, but you want to ask people, okay, you want to do the, if you're a hairdresser, you want to do 10 heads and tell them, tell them the truth, even if you think it's going to make me cry, because people will lie. Okay, if you've got a product, some people might be going into restaurants. Guess what? If you're a cook, guess what you should be doing? You should be having tasting sessions. You get five, six people, cook this food for him. I need y'all to give me an honest report about how does this taste? One of the things that I do is that one of the reasons why our graphics came up so fast is that I would take a picture or do a video or we do a graphic. And when the graphic was created, I would take two older people, two middle aged people, see what their opinion was. And then I'd show all four or five of my kids. My kids used to be, hey, come over here. I need y'all to look at this. And, and, and they would look at it. and It was like, oh, yeah, that's sweet. Other one, they're like, uh, I don't think so. The first video that I did, Mariah was like, no, that don't make no sense. Don't nobody know what you're talking about. We thought it was cool. And she instantly looked at it. I mean, just, just, just bam, just blinded up. She said, no. She said, you're talking about, she, really, she was really saying, you're, you're being too deep. And, and, she's, and the first thing she says, said is, what audience are you trying to address? She says, because if, if no unbeliever is going to know what you're talking about in this video, but you said it's for unbelievers. And but guess what we don't like? We don't like criticism. And the people who have the best businesses in the world uh, are constantly criticized. They pay people to criticize them. Okay? You do makeup, okay? Call five people over to your apartment. Let me do y'all makeup. Let me know what y'all think. Girl, I look like a clown. <laughs> and let them say that. Don't be nice. I look like a clown. When I tell people to judge my stuff, I, I told you, Marche, 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 tell me the truth. She said, Pastor, that's raggedy. Okay, thank you. I need you to tell me my stuff is raggedy. Because if you tell me, well, it's okay, I'm going to be too slow to change it. Okay? And so when the person says your stuff is raggedy, they're not saying you're raggedy. They're saying, no, you got to come up. There is no such thing as you going from zero to my hero overnight. Oh, man, y'all just... Look at these stats. This is from 2013. I just picked a couple because I didn't have all day to sit up here and preach this stuff. Volkswagen spent $13.5 billion on research and development to make their product better in one year. Samsung, $13.4 billion in one year to try to make their phone better. Now, these are people that's already selling all the phones, still trying to make it better. Intel, 10 billion. Microsoft, 10 billion. Johnson and Johnson, $8 billion in one year trying to perfect a product that is already killing the market. McDonald's, 2 billion in one year just in advertising and $70 million in research just trying to make the Big Mac taste better. Y'all see how millionaires think? They're like, oh, we don't care nothing about that. We didn't sell. Y'all see the little signs of McDonald's. We don't care nothing about 90 billion served. We're still spending all of this money to try to perfect it and get it better and better. But when we come out something, we just, boom, there it is. Look at that black cloth right there. Don't you want that? See how wonderful that looks? We don't even see the little tag sticking down right here. You know, just look at that. We want somebody to buy your stuff one time. No. No. Y'all understand what I'm thinking? So, so when you start getting over into business, you must keep, you got to keep looking at your stuff. Keep looking at your stuff. Keep looking at your stuff. Keep, because if you keep looking at it, you're going to start seeing the imperfections. 
Then you got to let other people look at your stuff. Then you got to walk away from your stuff and then come back and look at it again. Because you can't see all of the imperfections the first time because it came out of you. Okay. So so when it comes to business, you're not going to have a thriving business because. You know what I'm saying? I told you about the camera guy at uh, at uh, what is it? Wells Fargo. He's like, man, I don't know why my business ain't working. I just ask questions. I just go right in, bam, because I ain't buying it. So you know, fake me. I just go right in. I said, bam. I said, so how are you broadcasting it? He said, I'm on Instagram. I think I saw said this with Jumbo. He said, I'm on Instagram. I said, stop right there in the bank. Other customers waiting. I was going in on them. I said, let me get this right. You're wondering why your business is moving too slow, and you're only on social media. No business cards. You don't have. I don't understand why a photographer wouldn't have a website. You don't even get to pay for your pictures. I said, you don't have a website. You don't have no business cards. And then not only are you only on social media, you only own the one that is one of the more immature ones. And sure enough, when I followed up with him next time, he had got some business because he followed that instruction. We tend to, and so people are like this. This is not Christians. But the reason why Christians can be worse is because what we do is we come out with one product and then say, do it, God. He said, no, you do it. You're the one who came out with that stuff. I don't need that stuff. You know what I'm saying? You got to learn how to perfect your craft. See, the problem is, is that people, they get successful with a thing that they start. And then they relax. Okay, but just remember, when you started something, it was a hundred other people down the street that started something too. Okay, and don't try to, you know, and don't try to go too far. You know, sometimes you need to spread out your product. Sometimes, you know, I remember about three, four years ago, Chick-fil-A tried steak. I remember because I was going to buy one. And I was like, no, nah, that's probably going to be probably the no taste for no steak. And, um, and three months later, they weren't selling no steak. You know, like, no, we want to stick to chicken. This is what's so insane about Chick-fil-A is their excellence, their cleanliness. Okay, your personal development. I'm, I'm just talking to business people for a moment. Your personal development at a person, you're going to only draw what you are. Always remember that. You're going to draw what you are. Okay, now just don't, don't get me wrong. This is not from some braggadocious like I'm somebody. There's a reason why some of the people that are here are some of the highest level people that you have seen. See, like Mozart is another version of me, but just the music. Your husband is another version of me, but when it comes to front. Y'all see what I'm saying? Okay. She's just another version of everything. <laughs> but I'm saying you, you draw what you are. And so that's why when pastors don't like their congregation, look in the mirror, dude. And they beat up their congregation because of this and that. Well, you're the ones that are producing it over time. Now, you always got, no matter what you do, you always got a few people in the audience that's just crazy. They ain't going to never change. Jesus had, you know, he had some on his staff. There's a reason why. Jesus had the 12 and he had 70, but he only mostly talks about the 12. There's a reason why when it came to some of the highest level stuff, Jesus only took three. And he left the other ones behind because of their mentality. He said, because in order for me to raise the dead, I don't need nobody talking about Jesus. Are you sure? You you sure we should do this? No, I don't need nobody like that. I need somebody like Peter. Now, Peter is a little crazy sometimes. He's going to take the sword and cut off somebody's ear. But I'd rather have somebody like that. Versus somebody that we get out there in the middle of the water and Thomas talking about, man, I don't know if you can do it, Jesus. Yo, Tom, how are you with Jesus for three years and you just doubt all the way to the end? Five 
500 people told you that this man raised, Jesus told you he was going to get up off the grave for three years. How many know if a man can do anything and he tells you something going to happen at the end of the three years, you might want to believe the man. If he can walk on water, he can multiply. You know, he didn't raise people from the dead. He raised people from the dead and told you when they kill me, I'm going to get up. And you still don't believe this. Stuck on stupid. But you know what we say? If I was one of the disciples, you'd be doubting unbelief too. People crack me up. If I was back in slavery days, you'd be bending over picking cotton with the rest of them. People always talking about what they would do if you was, no, you weren't there. It was a culture. You'd be doing the same thing. You'd not be the, <laughs> swear up and down. I'd be out there on my iPhone calling in. You know, no, no, no. You would, whatever. So y'all got that. As a business person, you must not thank just social media. You must think globally. Now, you may not go global, but thinking that way will make ideas come for you to at least be local in the United States. Okay? I have been slow. The Lord is kind of having me speed up now, but that's one reason. I've been slower. Look, my wife will tell you, I know how to make some stuff happen. My wife will tell you, I can, man, I can, I'll come up with stuff. My wife will just be shaking my head. I can, I mean, I have a million people at your front door. I'm serious. But because I, I just think up ways and I, and I think up scenarios and sometimes you don't need to ask a question and sometimes you need to ask questions. Okay? You know, the return policy says 30 days, but it's been 60. That's not the time to ask where well, it's been 60. Can I return it? That's the time to just walk to the counter and return it. Some people are like, brother, that's that's no, that's wisdom. Okay, you got to remember these people, they create their own policies, but they are willing to break them. I tell, let me tell, this is a side note for some people. Y'all, when you get behind on your car, note, if you bought a brand new car, it's pretty much 100 percent legit. If you buy a brand new car. And you get behind on your car note, call the dealership because they will put a car note on the back end of your thing. So you can't pay your car note this month? Call the dealership. Hey, we're running on hard times. Will you mind putting this payment on the back end? Yes. They will do that up to like three times a year or they do it in a certain amount of time. Y'all, you don't know what they will do until you ask. All they can say is no. So when you got a particular situation, just think, just think, what can I ask? Just ask, ask stupid stuff, ask crazy stuff. I've asked crazy stuff and people did the crazy stuff because I asked. I told you about the girl that I'm sitting up there at the bookstore and that made me spend $300 of my money on my American Express to buy her some books. Stood right there next to me. Didn't even know the girl like that. Turn around, the Bible says you have not because you have not. Oh, wonderful. (laughs) Could you buy this for me? I just looked at it and then just whipped out my credit card and bought the thing for her. So we're going to close it with talking about asking. That seemed to bring a great amount of deliverance. It also seemed to, be, also seemed to bring a great amount of uh, questions.